Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Kennard Levy-Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. We've been on the air since uh, 2007, and I'm glad to be able to revive this podcast as much needed. Um, I had some issues past couple of weeks that I hope are stabilized now, so I hope I can continue to do this uh, every Sunday. And who knows, I may be able to do it more than every Sunday, but right now I could at least commit to every Sunday. So the title of this program is What Does It Mean to Be Called of God? Some people are, well, quite a few people are confused about the calling process that the Bible uh, clearly reveals. And so I'm going to go over that today the best way I can, break it down, I hope in a simple way so that you understand. So what we're going to do is go over a parable, and what you need to understand about the parables is that Yeshua or Jesus talked to the masses in parables. And so just because a particular parable doesn't say parable, you can kind of tell it's a parable by the way by, by the way it's presented, uh, by the way uh, is. Uh, spoken of as a story and with symbols. That's how you can tell it's a parable. So I'm going to do a Bible study on how to tell uh, whether something is a parable or not because some people are confused about that. So anyway, uh, it states right here the uh, parable, I'm looking in the King James Version, the parable of the wedding feast. So I'm going to go over this because this is where the phrase, uh, many are called, few are chosen, is located. Matthew 22, verse 1, And Jesus, or Yeshua, answered and spoken to them, again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Okay, and so when you understand, uh, look at the original Greek word for call, is kletos, uh, okay, and that means to be invited, kletos. That's how you say it in Greek, and it could mean to be invited. So like you're invited to a wedding, invited to a party, uh, invited to a graduation. And, of course, we know that those who are invited, not everyone, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't show up at, at the invitation, all right? So, but with God, unfortunately, is many people that don't show up, as I'm going to prove to you, um, to be invited to understand him. So anyway. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding or invited to the wedding, okay? And they would not come. 
All right, and that's symbolic of the majority of people in the world, uh, as I'm going to show you and and uh, or summarize in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. They just don't want to respond. All right, and verse four. Um, Verse 3, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden or invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatlings killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. So he's telling them to come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and this is prophetic. Many people make light of the truth of God. They didn't take it serious and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard, he was angry, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as be found both bad and good, and the wedding was uh, furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which not had on a wedding garment. Now, again, this is a parable. Let's understand something. People are not going to be resurrected in the first resurrection and then be disqualified. So this is, again, a parable. He's trying to make a point here. All right. And so in verse 12, and he said unto him, friend, how you come not, not having a wedding garment. In other words, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you weren't faithful. You, you did not choose the Holy Spirit, and you weren't faithful, and, and you did not choose to, to obey God fully. All right, And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer doctrine. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he says here, for many are called or invited, but few are chosen. And this backs up what he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. Well, I'm going to read verse 13 first. He says, Enter ye straight into the gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in. But because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And so there's very few in this um, way of life right now that are going to really uh, understand what the Holy Spirit is and how it is full of truth. And what the truth is, the Bible tells you in Psalm 119, 142, that uh, the truth consists of all the instructions of God. And, and instructions uh, means Torah in Hebrew, and the word Torah is translated law in most uh, of the um, cases where the Hebrew word Torah is at is translated law in the Old Testament. All right, and so basically that's what truth is. It consists of all the instructions of God from Genesis to Revelation. And so when you receive the spirit of truth, it will influence you and give you the power to obey him. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you or influence you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments and do them. Most people do not have the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And most people that claim to be Christians don't either. All right. And some of you are like, well, how can you say that, Canard? Well, I can say it because the Jesus that most Christians understand is a Jesus that said that you don't have to keep the law, that the law is nailed to the cross, on the cross that I was executed on. 
That is a false Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. And so if you are baptized under that false Jesus, you certainly don't have the spirit of truth in you. You have the spirit of error, which comes from the devil. I know that's kind of hard for you to accept, but it is the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, Yodevahe, or God. doesn't mean that you don't have a chance to be saved. It's just that if you're listening to this, God is calling you to change and to um, repent of that uh, knowledge that was false. All right. And if you reject this, then that's on you. All right. So, so anyway. And so when we go to Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. And so uh, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing here. And so I'm going to read how he interpreted it right here. Matthew 13, verse 18. Here he therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catch away that which was sown in his heart. So whatever he did understand, the devil takes it away. All right. This is he that which received the, the seed by the wayside. The majority of people in the world are like this. Whenever they hear God's truth, they reject it or they don't understand it. And the devil has a lot to do with that. In verse 20, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and a none with joy receive it. Yet he doesn't have a good foundation, okay, a root in itself, but endure for a while for when tribulation or problems come, they're like, oh, I can't deal with this, you know. And I've encountered a lot of people like that. They, When they get persecuted or, hey, um, oh, I got to keep the Sabbath. Oh, uh, I have a $50,000 a year job that, man, it's going to pay my bills and everything, but I got to work on uh, Saturday. Uh, well, I'm going to have to work. I'm sure God wants me to work, so I'm going to forget about obeying God and keeping the Sabbath, see, and that is what it's talking about. It's a lot of people that cannot and don't want to commit to God. So um, they don't answer the call, the invitation. In verse 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world. Again, my job, my wife, whatever it is, and the deceitfulness of richness. And it is this, uh, richness, richness, riches can be deceitful, ladies and gentlemen. Choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. In other words, uh, there's not a change of behavior. Uh, you're not uh, living the way God would live, and you're not producing any good behavior. All right? Verse 23, but he that receives seed into this is a very few people. So you got three or four different characteristics of people when it comes to the invitation or calling of God. And there's only one out of the three that is acceptable to God. And this is the one. In verse 23, but he that receives seed unto the, unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it. And he bears fruit, changes their personality. They repent. All right? They don't keep on doing the same thing over and over again and make excuses. They, they repent. All right? And bring forth some, a hundred, and some bring, it's a different amount of uh, change of behavior that these individuals bring. Not everybody's going to be on the same level. All right? Some bring forth a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So people are going to be uh, growing in, on different levels, all right? Everybody's not going to have the same spiritual growth. Not everybody's going to have the same spiritual knowledge. But that doesn't mean that because someone has lesser spiritual growth doesn't mean that they're not being righteous and doing the best they can, all right? And so that is the calling process, ladies and gentlemen. And most people fall in 75% uh, 
the people that I know I bring the true gospel to, they just don't get it. It's not meant for them to get. Um, and so um, are they damned? Are they going to be thrown in the lake of fire? No, because they don't even have God's spirit. God can't judge you unless you have his spirit in you and you know and understand his, his ways. If you don't have his spirit, then there's no way that he can judge you and you will be judged in the future. You'll be resurrected during the great white throne judgment resurrection and then you will be given your first opportunity for you to understand if, if i'm ta- i'm talking to you now and you don't understand what i'm saying uh, you don't feel convicted to, to to follow the process then you may have been invited but you're you're not going to choose at this time and so you're going to remember the invitation though when you're resurrected during the second resurrection or if you um endure the great tribulation you will remember this and then you're going to respond and then you're going to ask to to repent. Most people are going to be in that situation. They're not going to want to to uh, deal with this satanic world. They're not going to have the strength. Only those people who who have the strength and choose to re- to repent in this wicked world and receive God's spirit, those are the people that will be resurrected uh, first. They are called the first fruits in the Bible, and they will be resurrected first. And they will rule with the Messiah. The Bible tells you that in the book of Revelation. When we look at Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 to 6. And I saw thrones. So when you have thrones, you have authority. And they sat upon him and judgment was given, meaning that they're going to be able to be wise enough to make wise judgments based on the Bible. And I saw the souls of the lives of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus or Yeshua and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. Neither his image, neither have received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they live and reign. So we're going to reign with Christ. We're going to also guide and teach the people and show them the right way to live, like Jesus is going to. We're going to be his symbolic wife. We're going to be ruling by his side. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years. That's the majority of people. They go through this process. They just are invited. But not everyone is invited. Only there's, there's several people that are invited, but very few of those who are invited are going to go through the process to be converted. Conversion is being invited and then uh, answering the invitation by choosing to repent and to receive God's spirit, his true spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit that leads you into all truth. All truth is understanding you need to keep all the commandments, including the Sabbath, the holy days, and not eating unclean meats along with the rest of the commandments that is when you know that you have the spirit of truth and when you get baptized or immersed by a minister that understands that that's when you know you have received the true holy spirit of god if you were baptized by a sunday uh, minister that doesn't understand those things then you did not receive god's true spirit and you are worshiping a christ that does not exist in the bible ladies and gentlemen i have to tell you that I have to tell you the truth. All right, and in Romans 8, verse 9 to 11, this is in the complete Jewish Bible version. It says, but you, you do not identify with your old nature, but with the spirit provided the spirit of God is living inside you, which means that for many people in the world, that spirit is not living in them, okay? And they think that the spirit is, and that confirms Revelation 12, verse 9, where it states that the whole world has been deceived. Many people that call themselves Christians think that they are Christians biblically when they're not. And there's a lot of them, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, two billion. What for B? 
anyway, Romans 8, verse 9 and 11. But you, you do not identify with your old nature, but with the Spirit, provided the Spirit of God is living inside you. For anyone who doesn't have the Spirit of Messiah doesn't belong to him. So if you don't have the Spirit of Messiah, which is the Spirit of truth, is the Scripture state, not canard, that you don't belong to him. So you're not a Christian. Behold, if the Messiah is in you, if, which means some people are not going to have the Spirit, then on the one hand, the body is dead because of sin, but on the other hand, the Spirit is giving life because God considers you righteous. And if and righteousness, look up Deuteronomy 6, verse 25, righteousness is keeping all the commandments. Deuteronomy 6, verse 25, Deuteronomy 6, verse 25, is keeping all the commandments, all right? And if the Spirit of the one, if the Spirit of the one who raised Yeshua from the dead is living in you, it has to be living in you for you to be considered a, a true Christian. Then the one who raised the Messiah from the dead will give life to your, your mortal bodies through his spirit living in you, Romans 8, verse 9 to 11. So when a person is being called or invited, Greek, what's the Greek word, kletos, okay, to know the true Messiah, he does not have the spirit of Messiah, the spirit of truth in him or her. However, the spirit of Messiah, the spirit of truth, is drawing him or her to understand the true God and his Messiah. This is found in John 6, verse 44 to 45, John 14, verse 15 to 17. I don't have the time to quote all these scriptures uh, and read them, but you could go ahead and uh, re-listen to this lesson and uh, look these scriptures up. All right, and so, um, ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much uh, explains the, the calling process, and at this time, God is not calling everyone for salvation. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, there is what is called a great, a great blindness on the earth right now. Very few people understand who the true God is. And this is found in Isaiah chapter, um, Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7, states here, And in this mountain, this is when he comes back, shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things. Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Uh, he's going to do that, but that sounds good. <laughs> when God's going to actually make a feast himself. And he will, Isaiah 25, verse 7, and he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering. And that, that Hebrew word covering uh, means lots. And from the word study dictionary is indicating a shroud, a covering. It is a noun indicating the inability of people to perceive God in this works clearly. And that's what's going on with most people in the world. That's what's always has gone on from the time of the sin of Adam, all right? He will destroy in his mouth the face of the covering, the inability of people to understand God fully, cast over all people. The majority of people have that covering. And the veil that is spread over all nations, and that veil will be removed when he comes back. That's what the prophecy means. The prophecy of Joel. Let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 2. And this is when the Holy Spirit was given to the apostles. Okay, and he says right here, um, when they received the Holy Spirit, he said this is a partial fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. So let me read this to you. And this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, which began in the first century, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now we know good and well that not everybody in the world has God's spirit. Um, Certainly, you can prove this uh, thinking logically, but also, if you need numbers, go to the joshuaproject.net. There's over 3 billion people that have not, they don't even know Jesus, let alone his Hebrew name, Yeshua. And so we know, just based on that alone, that everyone doesn't have God's spirit. So we know this prophecy 
has not been fulfilled completely where the Holy Spirit has been poured upon all flesh. All right. That's a future prophecy. And everybody, every time someone sees prophecy in the New Testament, they think it's uh, somebody who's a prophet or foretelling the future. It also can mean preaching. And so uh, it says daughters shall preach the word of God or they're going to speak words out the Bible. And, and young men will do it, too. And old men shall dream dreams and see visions. OK, biblical biblically based visions okay and that's been going all throughout history but that doesn't say there's going to be a whole bunch of women prophets in the end time that's that's reading something into the scriptures is not there verse 18 and on my servants and on my handmaidens i will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall preach okay and i will prophesy and i will show wonders in heaven and and the biblical way of women preaching is primarily to women. Okay, that's not a Bible study. But anyway, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And so universal salvation will occur uh, around this time. That's when he's going to attempt to call everyone for salvation. And he's going to do it by instantly putting his spirit in these individuals, okay? And that has not happened yet. He has not um, put his spirit into every human being on the earth, but he will do that in the future. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call. Now, right now, this is what's going on. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Actually, that's not happening yet either. That's, that's a future prophecy that whoever calls in the Lord shall be saved, all right? And so... Um, This is, uh, let me read the rest of this here. And he talks about David. And I want to go down to what he talks about the, how to repent here. Then, then the crowd had, of course, like, hey, what should we do then? You know, <laughs> I would be the same way. What should we do? You know, and then Peter said, repent. That means to change, change your path. Come back to God. And be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua Messiah for the removal of your sins, okay? And so you have to, you just can't just be invited. You have to follow the process. You have to be willing to change and be willing to be corrected. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 1, if none of us want to be corrected, we're considered stupid, okay? So if you don't want to be stupid, let's get corrected here. Let's learn how to live God's way of life. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far as many as the Lord shall call. So right now that's going on, that he's not calling everyone. He's calling a select few to be his bride. And very few of those who are called are going to answer that call. Because as I read to you, people let their problems and anything else get in the way. And they think that's more important than God. And so they're going to miss, the majority of people who are invited are going to miss out on the opportunity to become his wife, but they're not going to miss out on the opportunity to be saved. All right? Let me repeat that again. The majority of people that are called are going to miss out on the opportunity to become his wife and to, and to be resurrected in the first resurrection. But they're not going to miss out on the opportunity of a salvation. The majority of people are not going to uh, choose to want to overcome the devil in this world. And so what God is going to do in Revelation chapter 20, he's going to remove the devil, okay? And so the people that are left on the earth when, when Christ and the saints come back, they won't have to put up with the devil like we do. That's the reason why we're rewarded to rule with the Messiah, because if we overcome the world like he did, uh, 
through his Holy Spirit, then that's something that God feels that we should get. That's the reward we should get. We should be ruling along with his son. And I think that's fair. That's very fair. If we choose to go and overcome this wicked world, instead of waiting until the devil's uh, taken away, and it'll be a lot easier to obey God at that time, then yes, we deserve to rule with him. All right, so anyway, Acts 20, verse 40, and with many other words that he testified and exhorted, saying, save yourselves. This is how we save ourselves, by obeying God. And I know people, oh, but this is in the Bible. It says, save yourselves from this unto How do we save ourselves? Well, we save ourselves, even though God's doing the saving, but we make the choice to save ourselves by repenting. And then we receive the Holy Spirit by an elder of God or a righteous man of God laying their hands on you, and they ask that you receive the Holy Spirit. That's another Bible study altogether. But that's how you save yourselves from this untoward or wicked generation. All right, and that's in the Bible. And let me explain that because people get confused when I quote scriptures and say things like this. But um, Yeshua has saved repentant mankind, meaning mankind that chooses to want to change. That's the only part of mankind that will be saved, all right? And so he's opened that door. But I'm sure you've heard, if you, especially if you're a Bible student, uh, entering the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God, we have to obey the rules and regulations of that kingdom. It's like with any other kingdom. If you want to go into someone's house's house, you got to go by their rules. Well, God is no different. If you want to go into his house, uh, the kingdom of God, you have to go by the rules and regulations throughout the Bible and summarized by the Ten Commandments. Okay? And so basically uh, the calling process, many are invited, but few choose to want to overcome the devil in this world, okay? Uh, during, when, when the Messiah comes back, many, uh, majority of people or all the people will not have to overcome the devil because the devil won't be around. <laughs> but they still inherited his character, so they have to overcome him that way, but at least he won't be around to, to persecute, all right? And so they're going to have an advantage that we don't. Okay, and so that's the reason why God is going to reward those who choose to uh, overcome the devil in this wicked world. We're going to be rewarded with rulership as Christ was rewarded with rulership when he overcame the devil. Of course, he did it perfectly, and we're learning how to do it perfectly. All right, so I, that's the best way I can explain that. And when, you know, Acts 7, verse 30 states that uh, he commands all to repent, that doesn't mean that he's he's uh, calling everyone to repent, but he's commanding all of mankind to repent now, but that's a process. And if you want to understand that not everyone's going to be resurrected at the same time, just read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It'll explain that to you. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I did the best I could to explain this in the little time that I have. Uh, look at John 14, verse 17. It talks about the spirit of truth. John 16, verse 13 uh, John 16, verse 13, talks about that uh, the, the true spirit of God is going to lead you to all truth, meaning that you're going to understand you, you're going to understand that you need to obey all of his commandments, not pick ones you want to obey and leave the others that, that are uncomfortable to you. Uh, you. You choose not to obey them, all right? And so I hope I've explained this in a clear way, what the calling process is, and I'll be available, y'all willing, next week uh, to continue on 
uh, with uh, preaching the truth of the Bible and helping you understand who the true God is. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you uh, next week. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 